Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. And this morning we look at another roadblock that people have when they approach Christianity. Normally it begins with doubts. If I've got doubts, then how can I believe? Now this morning, the one roadblock that we're talking about this morning is summed up in one word, and that word is exclusivity. And what I mean by this roadblock is it's the problem that people have when they say, hey, Sam, um, how can you Christians claim that following Jesus is the only way to God? Doesn't that sound ridiculously exclusive? Doesn't it seem intolerant? How can you possibly claim that you guys are the one and only true religion? And uh, that sentiment was summed up by a great prophet of the modern era. Um, His name's Guy Sebastian. And... He said this, When all the worlds collide, all they know is to divide, and it's easy if they're faithless to hate the other side. Dear God, dear soul, dear Mary Muhammad, can we all just get along? Can we all just get along? Dear heart, dear life, dear soldier, dear martyr, where did we go wrong? Can we all just get along? I think Guy's echo in that song is the echo of the society that's around us. It's like, people say, seriously, guys, <laughs> can't we all just get along? Uh, and and part, of the, part of the thought pattern behind all of that is this, that uh, religion, religion is always divisive and religion is always killing the peace. We sort of kind of have this image, you know, steeped back into crusader days of like, aren't the religious types the ones that just fight each other the whole time? Aren't they the ones that are just um, killing each other all the time? It kills the peace. Now, what I want to say to you this morning is I agree. Religious types do kill the peace. Um, Religious types are not Christians, though. And that's what I preface. Religious types, the ones that go crusade, um, not for their little piece of holy land. Um, There still are crusaders. There still are religious crusaders today. And they're they're crusading for an ascendancy of their opinion. That's not the type of exclusivity that we're talking about here. Do not go on an opinion crusade with this exclusive truth statement that we have this morning. But guys is echoing the challenge that you and I face if you're a follower of Jesus this morning is that on one hand, we're called into a very exclusive truth claim that we're going to see. There's no getting around that. Uh, The call to Christianity is a very exclusive claim on truth. Uh, But on the other hand, the tide of modern society says, you know what, you've you've got no right to think that you've only got one truth. There are lots of truths. Uh, They're all equal. What is truth, as Pontius Pilate said in Jesus Christ, superstar. (laughs) Why does Christianity seem so exclusive? And I'm just going to give you three points on this today, particularly if you're having this conversation with a friend. Now, I don't recommend that you necessarily just wrote, deliver whatever I say to you this morning. I want to get you thinking so you can be thinking about some of the ways that you might approach this topic for your friend or maybe even for yourself. Maybe you've got issues with the exclusivity of Christianity and hopefully this gives us some perspective on this. But why does Christians, Christi- Christians and Christianity seem so exclusive? And my first response to that is Christians aren't the only ones that are making exclusive truth statements in society. In fact, everyone's making an exclusive truth statement. Our whole lives are built on an exclusive truth. Everyone, whether you're a person of faith or not, is living out of a truth statement. 
And when you think about it, what is religion? Religion really is just an order, a system that seeks to answer these three questions in life. What is reality? Is there a God? And what is wrong with the world? And you can take all sorts of different religions around the world, Confucianism, Buddhism, Islam, Christianity, New Age. All of these systems are seeking to answer this question, what is reality? Is there a God? What is wrong with the world? And so what that means is that atheists have their own exclusive truth. And their exclusive truth is, there is no God. (laughs) And we know what it's like. An atheist comes up and says, there is no God. That's my exclusive truth. That's what I live out of. (laughs) The agnostics make an exclusive truth claim. And they say, I can't know if there's a God. And so I'm going to live my life on that basis. So can you see that everyone's making exclusive truth statements in the world? Not just Christians. Everyone is. In fact... I saw a book in Dimmicks that epitomises this thinking. It's by Alain de Botton. He's a, he's a philosopher. And his book was called Religion for Atheists. And here's what it says. All of us, whether religious, agnostic or atheist, are searching for meaning in life. In this wise and life-affirming book, Alain de Botton both rejects the supernatural claims of religion, yet points out how many great ideas they sometimes have. <laughs> about how we should live. He suggests that non-believers can sometimes learn by stealing from them. <laughs> and you know the good news? That's available to you this morning for $25.99 at Dimmicks. <laughs> but but let's, let's, let's look a little bit more deeper and a little bit more analytically at what is really going on here in this statement. What, what is really saying that... that the botan is saying, you know what, I've, I've found a system where we can just, a truth that we can steal from all of the world's religions and we can just patch together a truth for ourselves. That in and of itself is an exclusive statement to make. In other words, what, what the botan's book is saying is that, you know what, I've found a truth that's greater than all of the great truths around the world in religion. Can you see the logic of this? <laughs> and it's a gimmicks. I didn't even, even realise, but it's a Dimmix. <laughs> Let's pack everything up. We've we found it. There we go. Off to Macquarie Centre. <laughs> it's an exclusive true statement that says, I have an ultimate truth, that there are no ultimate truths. And you know what I call, what I call this in modern day society is actually the intolerance of tolerance. I'm pushing in here. But can I push you to say that this approach that says, no one is to have any exclusive truths is an exclusive truth that says no one can have an exclusive truth. <laughs> and it's actually one of the most intolerant, exclusive claims that you can make in our world today. That's not inclusive. It says, don't you dare believe in Christianity and that Jesus is the only way to God, as we'll see in a second. You need to believe this new truth that there are no ultimate truths. So can we just call a spade a spade? Everyone is living out of an exclusive truth. So, the question is, uh, what is the fruit of those truths? Like, What's the result of those truths? Is it inclusion or exclusion? And why do, why do people feel Christianity is so exclusive? Are they worried about the, the, because people feel superior or they're on the crusade with their opinions? Why do people push against this? We're going to have a look at that. Why does Christianity seem so exclusive? Well, the first reason is because Jesus said it. 
That's what Jesus said. Christians didn't make this up. Jesus says in this statement that he says to Doubting Thomas that we talked about last week, the, my favourite disciple, because he's the one with the least faith. He was the one that said, you know what, I'm not going to believe that you're son of God until I've put my fingers in your nail wounds to the resurrected Jesus. And before Jesus was killed, Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you really know me, then you would know my Father. In other words, Jesus says, I am God. Jesus said it. And I know it's a difficult... It's a difficult thing to read. I've known people in churches who refuse to read this passage of scripture because it's difficult to come to grips with. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And part of the reason that we are an exclusive religion, if you want to call it that, is because Christianity is not a religion of regulation, but of revelation. In other words, we didn't, Jesus just didn't make up a set of rules. He said, this is who I am. You guys have seen me, and if you've seen me, I am God. And so the exclusive claim of Christianity is not arrogance. It's just inference. It's just, it's just a result of what Jesus said. It's not an arrogant thing. It's just the inescapable reality of what he's on about. Yet, <laughs> what's the pushback of the world around us? You know, how does the world around us think when it comes to this type of statement? Most of the world don't have a problem with Jesus. He's a, he's a nice guy. He's a lovely guy. You know, I've, I've even got a figurine on my desk. You know, I've got an action figure Jesus with, uh, with, with gliding action you know, and nice open arms. It's, it's a beautiful thing. People don't have a problem with Jesus. Uh, and the world around us says it's okay to believe in Jesus so long as you don't think that he's superior to everyone else. Right? Wouldn't you agree that's the way that the world around us thinks? To which... I would say, take a look at the great religious and philosophical leaders of the world and see what they said about themselves. What did Plato say about himself? What did Moses say about himself? What did Abraham say about himself? What did Muhammad say about himself? Buddha, Confucius. Did any of these religious leaders ever remotely talk with the level of supremacy that Jesus talked about himself? And answer class if you don't want to scratch and stiff snicker for your book, right? I'll tell you the answer. No. No one talked like this. So the fact that we say that Christianity is an exclusive religion is because Jesus himself talked with this level of supremacy. In fact, if you want a summary of the New Testament, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, if you couldn't be bothered reading the New Testament this morning, that's fine. I'll tell you what the whole lot of that book boils down to. And it's this one question that Jesus asks. He says this, who do you say I am? Am I a prophet? Am I a cool guy with gliding action and opposable arms that they'll make an action figure out of one day? Or am I God? You think of the first followers of Jesus, logically. These guys came out of a monotheistic, one-God religion. There was nothing within their culture or the bones of their body that would have them believing that someone else was God. And in fact, to call a man God was blasphemous, the same way that it is in Islam. It was a crazy thing to think, and they still believed in him. Why? Because their message was not believe the Bible. Their message was, we walked with the guy... We saw him hanging from a cross. 
and we saw him alive. <laughs> and like I said last week, if there is a guy in history that had the nous to predict his own death and then pull it off, don't you think we should do what he says? <laughs> Plato, Confucius, Muhammad, who of these guys did what this guy did? Who of these guys changed history by the means that he did in coming back from the dead? And so here's the point. Jesus won't sit in a row with all of these other key leaders of the world. And so Jesus said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. It's not prideful or arrogant. It's just what he said. To which I know there's a question burning for all of you and I'm not going to answer it this morning (laughs) because it'd take us another 20 to 40 minutes. But I I know why this rubs the wrong way for people. And it's because people go, if Jesus is the only way to God, then what about my friend or my family member who doesn't believe in Jesus? And they're a good person and they're a beautiful person and will I see them in heaven? I want to see them in heaven. Like, well, we're getting into like nosebleed theology. And you want my honest answer in all of that? I don't know what God's answer is in that. I've sat in hours of Bible studies the way that you would have as well. I don't know the answer to that, so I'm not going to preach you some answer that I don't know of. All that I do know is that whatever the answer to that question is, it will be more merciful and beautiful than you can imagine. Dallas Willard says, you don't miss heaven by a whisker. You don't have a good and beautiful friend in your life that's unaware of all of these things that somehow stubs their toe and says poo-poo and then, oh, that's it, you're out of heaven because you, know, you swore. Right? You don't miss heaven by a whisker. But for those of us that have heard this message, Jesus is clear. I'm the only way to God. That's the way that it works. We'll pick that sermon up some other time and I hope I haven't dissatisfied you. And Come to a super connected. We'll work through those questions. But look, everyone's got an exclusive truth claim. Jesus was the one that said this claim. Not Sam, not the church, not big religious guys in the 1400s in Rome with big hats. They didn't make this stuff up. Jesus said this. And so therefore, that's why we assume this exclusive truth claim. But as I finish this morning, here's one of the greatest paradoxes of history. That in... Christianity, with its exclusive truth, exploded in one of the most inclusive types of society that so many people are calling for today. And so it might have been an exclusive truth claim, but it exploded in the type of society that our modern society is trying to get to. See, what you have to realise is that the society that Christianity exploded in was a polytheistic, many-God, many-culture, many-race society. It exploded in a society where you were free to believe in whatever God you want. It, it, was, the, it was the ultimate society of that, a phrase back then that said, uh, you do you, boo, right? <laughs> That was ancient Roman society. You do you, boo. You pick a god, you pick a thing, you pick a woman, you pick a man, you pick whatever you want to do with your life to go and follow, and you just you do you, boo. And Christianity explodes in this inclusive culture. Here's the problem. It was one of the most brutal, racist, economically and socially unequal societies that history has ever seen. And this exclusive truth claim injects itself into this society and begins to mend it. (laughs) This exclusive truth comes in that Jesus is the only way to God and what happens? 
in Antioch, a city that had the uh, population of modern-day New York, population density of modern-day New York, literally built walls in the city in different quarters to keep the different ethnic groups away from each other because they knew back then, like in uh, normal racist societies, if you get different races together, they kill each other. And the gospel goes into Antioch, and guess what happens? People are climbing over the walls to do church with each other. The culture hadn't seen this before. In Philippi, where Paul preaches the gospel, in a synagogue, you eventually see what happens. A slave girl shares a Milo with the aristocracy. <laughs> Milo wasn't invented back then, so if you're writing notes, that, I just made that up. The point of being is that a slave girl eats a meal and has a drink with the richest of the rich. In Rome, where the plagues were coming in and everyone was running for the hills, there were the Christians running to heal the sick. And they got along. In Antioch, they got along. In Philippi, they got along. In Rome, they got along. Why would this exclusive truth statement lead to such humble and loving and inclusive community? And it's this. If you believe his statement for what it is, if Jesus is not just a good prophet, but he is God... If he is God in the flesh, if he is here and he's come, if he's not just a good teacher, but he's God, then only in Christianity do you see at the cross a God loving and dying for a people that don't like him. And when Christians take that into the heart of who they are, they don't become abrasive and they don't become exclusive and they certainly don't go on opinionated crusades. And look, Let's call a spade a spade. There have been that many Christians that have stuffed it up over the years. And there are that many Christians that muck it up today. But can I say to you, if you're watching into Christianity and you don't like what you see, if we muck up here and I muck up here, please don't blame it on our founder. <laughs> Good friend of mine said, I have enough issues trying to get my staff to behave. Can you imagine Jesus with all of his disciples? <laughs> Look, Christians muck it up all the time, but don't blame it on the founder. The ultimate reality for a Christian is a man on a cross loving people that don't love him. And when Christians took that into the heart of their life, how could they be superior to other people? How could they be exclusive? In fact, they became the most racially, culturally, socio-economically inclusive community that the world had ever seen and it was beautiful and that group spread from countryside to countryside and it became a thing called the church and that spread across into Europe and into England and then across on ships and into crow's nest because of this exclusive claim I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but by me. Christianity has a set of exclusive beliefs, but everything else does. Atheism has a set of exclusive beliefs. The agnostics. Our tolerant society has a set of exclusive beliefs. Everyone's got them, and so therefore the question that you need to ask yourself this morning is, of all of the exclusive beliefs, which leads to the most inclusive behaviour? And I would push you and put it to you if you're watching in today that only when you see at the heart of Christianity those that take into their hearts a man dying for them and for those that don't love him, then it becomes the most inclusive group of people that history's ever seen. So 
there's a resource for you here <laughs> if you take this into the depths of your heart. It's a resource I've got to take into the depths of my heart every time that someone pushes up against me or there's an opinion that I don't like or life's not going the way that I want it to go with the people around me. Every time I take his example into my heart, I can become, hopefully like you, part of the solution to the racial division to the antsiness? Is it just me or is our culture antsy at the moment? <laughs> Everyone's so aggro <laughs> at the moment. You could be part of the solution to all of that. If you take moralistic religion into your heart, then you're going to use that to feel like you're superior to all the heathen. And if you take heathenism, I don't even think that's a thing. But you get my point. <laughs> if you say goodbye to religion and keep your own exclusive truths of inclusion and take that into your heart, then you'll just feel superior to all the religious types. Everyone's doing the same thing. But if you take the exclusive truth claim of Christ as the only way to God and a, and a, and a Lord, a God who dies for those who don't love him, then you become some of the most inclusive people the world has ever seen. Christian, if you believe the gospel... If you believe it, don't get broader, get narrower. Get narrower in the claim. Not narrower in your relationships, not narrower in your acceptance of people, narrower in sticking to that, that truth claim. Don't lose the ferocity and the tenacity behind the power of that claim. But I'd say at the other end of the spectrum this morning, if you're not a believer... If you're not a follower of Jesus, how's your exclusive truth claim holding up for you? I had an American boss once that always used to say to me when I was making mistakes, he used to say, how's it working for you? Right? And I'd say that to you this morning. Like, if you've got your own exclusive truth claim, and I would say, how's it working for you? <laughs> because we've got an exclusive truth Every time I look around this auditorium on a Sunday or I do life with people on a Monday, I see it working. I see people becoming more loving. I see one of, one of our crew comes up to me at the, the coffee machine one Monday night at Super Connect and said, you know what the problem, you know what you guys are doing to me? I said, what's that? <laughs> she said, you're making me softer. I said, I'm not making you softer. Jesus is making you softer. Well, thanks for tuning that in. Jesus, that when if you take like this exclusive truth claim to heart, makes you one of the most inclusive people this world's going to see.